good. Just kidding. We are back. The Wise Millennials are back on air. Episode number 13. Ed here alongside with... Steven, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thanks for coming back and joining us. It's been a while. Yeah, not too long, though. No, it's we, been, just wait, it we just waited for long. the seasons to change, right? We went from summer, we took the whole fall off. Yeah. And now we're here for the thick of the winter. Right in the thick of it. So we should talk a little bit about why we were away, even though it wasn't anything monumental. Yeah. We took a step back, and that was initiated by my new work schedule, right? I mean, for the most part, what else came into play for us being off air? Um, I think a lot of things. I mean, I think the work schedule was huge, um, mainly because now you are working, you're kind of commuting in and out of the city, you're mm-hmm. traveling a lot, um, and it just, you know, went back in the summer, it was a lot easier because you and I both had a schedule that kind of aligned with one another, and we could meet up at basically any day during the week mm-hmm. and say, hey, let's do it, but now it's been, it's been tough between, you know... Me still trying to set stuff up with my house, and I had a, you know, a little bit of an issue with my house lately with a with a water leak. Oh, so right. I was trying to get that all straightened away, and you know, you and Steph have been so busy. So that's just one of the things we just couldn't get together. So we decided that, you know, we have to we have to get back. Yeah, no, I agree, and I'm glad that you stayed on me and said we should we should still do this. We need to get together. So look, if doing it on a day of the week or the weekend is is best for both of us, then we're going to keep a consistent schedule. Sorry for being away. I should say that. It's been four months. Can you believe that? (sighs) That Four months since our last episode. Really? Yeah, four months. That's breaking my heart right now. I was was driving home from work the other day, and I was like, you know what I'm going to listen to? I'm going to listen to the Wise Millennials podcast. So I hopped on uh, my podcast app there on my my iPhone. You can check us out on iTunes. Plug man won't change. That plug man won't change. So I was listening to a couple episodes on the way back, and it, I just missed it, you know. And then it, it was funny because when I was looking at the air date, it showed August. Sure. It was like August fourteenth, oh, and I was bummer. like, "Wow, I couldn't get over that." It, it's been a long time since we've recorded, but it doesn't feel like it's actually been that long of a time. Well, no, I you're right, and I think that's because we stayed in touch, obviously. Oh yeah, and we continue to talk about. Getting back on the air sooner rather than later, mm-hmm. but also all of these ideas, how to evolve the show into where we actually want it to go. Oh, yeah, and I, no doubt. Even though it's been a long time since our break, and we should address this, we've only been doing this for a short time. But in that short time, I think we've been able to cover a lot of ground, which is great, but we want to go even further. Ex- broaden the reach, for lack of a better way to say it. Expand the net. I don't know, whatever, however... Whatever term you want to put on it, but over those four months that we were off the air, we've done a lot of talking about where we were yep. and where we want to be. And yep. I think it's really cool because we have a trajectory now that we didn't have before. We have a direction and we have strategies on how to get there, whereas before, I don't think we had any of those things. We were kind of just shooting blindly. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where I felt like we came into this with an idea as to where we wanted to go, what we wanted to do, what the idea of the show was, and we were just kind of scratching the surface, right? right? We were kind of hitting a few different topics that we really wanted to discuss. I know, and one of the biggest things was like how you and I, I feel like, operate really well when it comes to being motivated and being inspired, and it takes a lot for us to be inspired, and to be motivated to kind of, I don't know, maybe run, go through your everyday motions mm-hmm. sometimes that you have to go through, whether it be working, you know, working long hours or just, you know, you have to do the things around the house. It takes a lot to really push yourself to do that sometimes. Um, so I know that's where we initially started, right? And then we wanted to move more into mental health and our experiences with mental health. And then we moved into controversial topics. But again, only scratching the surface, not really getting to the meat and the potatoes of what we're trying to do. So now I think taking a couple couple of months off, as much as it pains me, and I hate to say it, but we did. We took some time off, and throughout that time, we never f- forgot about the show. We never forgot about our listeners, which we love all of you. Yes, thank you so thank much you. for joining us on this crazy, wild journey that it is. Um, but that's what it's all about. We never forgot about the show. We never forgot about what we wanted to do, 
where we wanted to go. We just took the time away to reflect, listen a little bit to what we've put out there and how we can really propel this forward. So and that's what I mean. Really, truthfully, we have a lot of cool things in the works. We're yes. not going to reveal it just yet, but we do have a lot of really cool things in the works. Um, and we really hope that you guys all stick around, guys and girls. You all stick around and, and join us on this journey because truthfully, Ed and I feel like this platform is something that's needed. This show is something that's really needed, um, not just for our generation, but for other generations, for multiple generations. Everybody out there can relate to our show. I know we're called the Wise Millennials, but you don't have to be a millennial to relate to the show. We just talk about, I think we're, I think the Wise Millennials to me, after reflecting and thinking about it, it's not necessarily talking about issues that just millennials face or it's about how we can come together and and talk more and just communicate. And that's what it's really all about, communicating about issues, communicating about problems, even communicating about great things in our lives. Mm-hmm. Communication is such a powerful tool that really can change the world. And I think that's what we're trying – I mean – it's very broad and it's a very lofty goal, but we're trying to change the world. We're trying to make the world – I like this. We're trying – who – I think President – the late President George H.W. Bush okay. said we want to leave the world a better place than we left it. Yeah. And, and that's, I think, what we're striving to do. And I think just before we get into some other things now that I wrote down and maybe we'll cover all of it. Maybe we'll cover none of it, but we'll see where it goes. But I think when when people say the world, it's a it's a literal thing. Oh, the globe. Yeah. And I tend to look at the world, meaning the people and things closest to me. Mm-hmm. Is there an opportunity for that ripple to go further outward of my close circle? Yeah, there is. But the world at large, I think it's ambitious. So I think if we all start small here on this show with each other, it'll ripple out. And who knows how far it'll get. If it goes worldwide great yeah if not and it stays close that's great also and i think that's the goal that we we initially set out for um when we first launched the show is that even if we can help or affect one person for Mm -hmm. the better then we accomplish our goal yeah so i think this is a really cool segue into a, a quote that i heard a couple of weeks ago you know i listened to the Joe Rogan podcast on a pretty regular basis. Yeah, you got me. You got me listening to him. You started listening to him. I started to. Yeah. What did you What did you listen to so far? Because I have a couple of recommendations. If um, you're not sure where to start. I've kind of dabbled here and there. I started following the podcast. What does he do? Either on Twitter or Facebook. I don't remember off the top of my head. But I I really started listening when I when Elon Musk went on it. When that was mm-hmm. the whole big deal about Tesla and how the Tesla stock dropped because Elon Musk went on the podcast and was smoking. With, with Joe, that was one of the reasons. I think, Maybe. truthfully, a lot of what I've read online, a lot of talks, a lot of people talk about how their like lack of faith in Elon Musk came when he decided I'm going to smoke weed on a on a podcast. That's ridiculous. I think it's a joke, to be honest with you. I think Elon Musk is kind of well, cha- what, what, what kind I'm, of what kind of faith could they have lost in one of the smartest people of our and I time? Think, and I also think he's one of the most caring individuals oh, in the world. How about, think about what he's doing, right? Everything he's trying to do, he's trying to better the better the world. For, kind of. for humans who exactly, live there, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that that just bothers that just bothers me to no end if people say they lost the faith in Elon Musk because let's rewind to before there were cameras everywhere and people posting up their own homegrown videos of yep. what was going on in the world. Yep. If for a second somebody thinks that somebody like uh, who? Who, who, who am I thinking of right now? I don't know. Oh God! Why is he escaping? I'm usually me? tapped. Um, I'm usually tapped right in in your brain, but I, I'm not there. Eagles right now. MC squared, the guy who created the atom bomb. What's his name? Einstein. Einstein. You don't think he was using drugs at some point or some sort of mind altering right. chemicals? Maybe. Right. I'm. Maybe he didn't. Right. Maybe I'm going too far out, uh, stretching for this one. But people have used mind altering substances forever. Forever. Yeah. You're not wrong. So, oh, they lost their faith in Elon Musk because he took a hit of a joint? That's a joke. He didn't even inhale it, first of all. Well, first off, isn't it in... The, uh, Joe Rogan records his podcast in California, right? It's legal there, yeah, but I think the issue here was he, Elon Musk has probably top-secret clearances for the things that he does. He shoots rockets Ooh. off into outer space, right? Yeah, so, but for a private company. 
but he still has to get that permission from the government, right? So they probably got, I don't know much about it, right? But I'm sure that they got pissed off or it was a breach of whatever contracts he had to abide by. Yeah. So I get that in the regard of you shouldn't have done that. But at the same time, people losing their faith in somebody who's bettering society across the board and he wants to continue doing so. It, that podcast was interesting but also sad at the same time because Joe asks him, what's it like inside of your head? <laughs> and he's like, it's like an explosion that never ends. And Joe goes, well, can you explain that further? Yeah. And he couldn't do that. He's just like, it's like, it's like a never-ending explosion. Like, obviously, this guy has a lot of stuff going on in his mind. Yeah. It seems like he doesn't sleep much or he sleeps at the office, whatever the case may be. Lose faith in, in somebody like that, but you have faith in celebrity... Now, now, I'm re- now I'm really making a, uh, an assumption here. Yeah. Sorry. But you have this new layout. I'm just getting used to it. So, I know. Yeah, yeah. We so... Move to th- move, move I get, a few there's, things There's around. a thing behind me. I knocked my elbow on. So we, we put the faith or, or we, we follow these celebrities for nonsense, but we're losing faith in, in a guy like that. I can't get on board with that. So here's where I'm going with it. Not me either. I heard a quote in the Joe Rogan podcast a couple of weeks ago, and I had no idea what it meant at the time. Mm-hmm. Here's how it went. Dude, All right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Slide, I'm slide done that chair up. I'm done moving. Slide that chair up. There you go. I'm wrecking your house. That's okay. Know the it's it's here's how it goes. Know the way broadly, and you'll see it in all things. What do you think about that? Know the way broadly, and you'll see it in all things. And it's a quote by Miyamoto Musashi. Okay. And I'll give you. I mean, I'll give you a second if you want to try to. And I. Oh, you know, oh you I thought I thought that was a. I uh, can run with it. I thought it was like a rhetorical question. Oh, you wanted me to just jump back in? No, but, no, no. I thought it was rhetorical. <laughs> but so you're asking so, me, what do I what do I make of the quote? Yeah, like what comes to mind when you first hear that? Because when I first heard it, I paused the podcast and I re, I, I listened to the quote again. Say it, say it one more time. Know the way broadly, and you'll see it in all things. I had you'll no see it idea. In all things. I had know the no way, idea. Know the way broad, broadly, and you'll see it in all. So things. think about it for a second. Miyamoto yeah. Musashi was a famous Japanese swordsman, and I'm reading this from Wikipedia right now. Believed to have been. One I'll of tell the you most what. That's that's a legit source. Wikipedia? Yeah. I love yeah. Wikipedia. What do they teach us in high school, right? It's a, it's a legitimate novice. If it's on the internet. So all, all librarians out there are, are high school. What were they called? Ours was called a media center specialist. I don't even remember. They told us that. Mine was still called a librarian because I'm older than you. And we had books in our library also. I had books in my library. Okay, Jeez. I, know, I know some don't anymore. But here, look. I, hold on. Before we go, I think that's another cool thing about the show is that we talk about being, you know, we're the wise millennials. I think the coolest part of it is you're at the beginning of like the oh, generation sure. and I'm towards the end. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, know. no, I'm Sorry. with you. So he's Sidebar. believed to be one of the most skilled swordsmen in history. And he has a book called The Book of Five Rings, a classic work on strategy, tactics, and philosophy. So this was a really smart dude, probably for his day. But I think his lessons carried over many, many generations. So when I heard that quote, and I don't know if you want to jump in yet, but when I heard that quote, I'm like, what the hell does that mean? And then I started thinking about it. And yeah. I started thinking about the people that I would interact with mm-hmm. and listening to how they would explain things or tell stories and seeing what they brought into those kinds of dialogues. So yeah. I'll give you an example. Did I tell you about the interviews that I went on to get the job that I have now at all? So I, had, I don't think so. I had to go on 10 interviews Jesus. for this role that I have now, which mm-hmm. was insane. And probably after interview four or five mm-hmm. i was like i'm i don't even i don't even want the job anymore i was just done but then i got pissed i'm like you know what i'm gonna go through as many interviews as they want me to to show them how good i am yeah even if i don't take the job i'm like middle finger up to the world like i'm going for this yeah so during one of the interviews with the hiring manager and then the manager above her who sees oversees the entire nation mm-hmm. we're talking about work ethic what motivates you and then i throw this out there so last summer, I'd say, I watched a movie on Warren Buffett. Okay. I think it's called Becoming Warren Buffett. Yep. And in the movie, he says he treats his companies like his children. If one oh, company... Did I tell you this? All right, did. I'm just going to run through it. No, so yeah, go for it. If one company is is not doing so well, as especially compared to the other ones, yep. he's not going to fire or sell them right away. In business, yeah, if it comes down to it, sure... He'll make the decision to get rid of it. But like his children, he'll devote more time and resources to the business that's underperforming to bring it up to where the other businesses' kids are. I thought thought it was a really cool thing he said. 
So during this interview, when we're talking about the your worth, your work ethic, what motivates you, stuff like that, I said that whole thing about Warren Buffett. Yeah. And then I said, how will the two of you, as managers who oversee this entire division, mm-hmm. deal with an employee or employees who are underperforming? Yeah. Or on the other side, who are overperforming, and you have to help them continue to succeed and continue to keep them motivated because they'll burn out if they're not getting rewarded for all their hard work. And it broke out into a really cool discussion. So the whole know your way broadly, and you'll see it in all things, in my opinion, means somehow harnessing all of your experiences that you've had in the world and tying them into situations, no matter how big or small. So when you and I talk and we tell stories, if you're talking about something I have no idea about, like you're singing, let's say, right? Yeah. Maybe I bring in something like cars that I know more about or anything really, and we tie it together and then we find some mutual ground in the middle. That's, what I, that's why I think that quote is so powerful. Know the way broadly and you'll see it in all things. How could you not? It just made total sense to me a couple days ago. And I feel like everybody does that, but maybe on a smaller scale. It, it kind of goes back to our first conversation about how would you define serendipity? If I'm thinking about it now out loud, remember that the conversation that we had, the very first yeah, podcast, first we didn't episode. have a microphone, we just kind of talked into <laughs> we talked a shoe. Into <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, 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 just thinking, I'm just thinking back now. It's like one of those things that's intangible, but when it makes sense, it's clear as day, and you can kind of wrap your, your arms around it, and it makes total sense for everyday life. So... Where I'm going with this, I guess, ultimately is, in my opinion, the more you immerse yourself in the world around you, mm-hmm. the more broadly you'll see it, yeah. and then you'll be able to harness it and put it into every situation that you encounter, and you'll be better and wiser because of it. You'll grow to new heights and into a person that you never thought imaginable before. Does that make any sense whatsoever? Should we restart this whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> For the eighth time? <laughs> no, no, but no, no, I, I, I definitely agree with you. Um you know, it was funny while you were talking, I was still thinking of a a way to answer the question. And I mean, truthfully, I couldn't have said it more, more poignantly than you. Big Hmm. word. You like that? Wow. Nice. That was on my, uh, my cat, my word calendar of the, of the month. Yeah. No. Uh, but, um, I'll get you one then. I should please do for Christmas. Um, but it's true. It's one of those things that until you, it's, I like to put it as until you try something, you never really know if you're good or bad at something. You know what I mean? Like, Or if you like it or you don't like exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, so one of those things, like, I mean, I can tie this back to my singing. I I never would have known that I was good at singing until I tried it. And then once I tried it, it opened a whole new world for me. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where it's maybe, I don't know, I really don't know what I'm trying to say. It made sense in my head. But I think it's one of those things where, you have to open your eyes to what's around you in the sense of other people, other ideas. I mean, New experiences, right? Yeah, absolutely. Bit, so. I mean, you could even take it political if you wanted to, an, another point of view on, right. on, on an argument. It's, it's one of those things where you kind of have to step out of your own shoes in a way mm-hmm. and kind of look at the world. It, or no, you know what it is? It's like um, the story where, where people talk about they kind of have, they have an out-of-body experience where you can see yourself kind of floating, like you're floating above yourself and you can kind of sure, see the sure. world happening around you. I kind of see it as that. You sometimes have to step out of your own shoes and out of your own life and look around at the things happening around you and how you can interact with what's happening around you and how can that make you a better... I don't know so, if that even makes no, sense. No, I but. think it makes some sense. So I'm going to tie it back into the beginning of this show tonight where... We have a new dire- We have a direction. Yeah. We know how we're going to work towards getting there. Where some of the doors are starting to open, we're going to have to work to open some new doors. But ultimately, we're we're taking the gloves off now. We're not going to just continue to scratch the surface. We're going to have to go a little bit deeper. So mm-hmm. why don't we try to do that now? And the next thing that I that I was just thinking about was work, right? Because work has kept me away from. A lot of things that I enjoy, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I mean, being home is one of those things. I've been away. The month of November, I was gone from the 4th to the 16th straight. November was insane and then for I, you. I, yeah, I traveled at Unreal. the end. Unreal. It was crazy. I was home maybe four days total in November. So it was hard. And, and honestly, traveling that much for work sucks at this point in my life. Yeah. I think if I was younger, 
and single especially, it would be awesome because I wouldn't care. I could live in a different hotel. I could live in a different... A different city. City. I mean, yeah. it, it, it affords me the opportunity to see a lot of places, which I'm so grateful for. And honestly, the job itself is really, really interesting. I'm, I work with an, an amazing group of people, and it's in, it's in healthcare, so I enjoy being in and out of hospitals also. So overall, it's awesome. But that one little snippet, if we can get under control, the travel would be even better. So yeah, I was talking to somebody when I was in Boston a few weeks ago. And his son just got his first job out of college Mm -hmm. at a financial firm in New York City. So he moved out out of Boston. He's living in New York now, which is probably super exciting for a young guy. Oh, 100%. Just that's where the world, I think, starts and ends. Mm -hmm. So he's living in New York City. He's working six days a week at this this financial firm in New York. And they start their day at like 6, 10 in the morning. Mm -hmm. And they end it. After eight, probably closer to nine at night, six that's days a week. Insane. So it's wow. Monday through Friday, off Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. So that's it, that's crazy, crazy. Mm-hmm. And the culture, from what I heard, that it's inside of those four walls is, here's your work-life balance, everybody. You're going to work your ass off for 20 years, then you're going to retire, and there's your balance. So you'll have time to spend and enjoy after your 20 years of service here. And that bothers me because it's probably an age old thing in that industry mm-hmm. and maybe in that firm itself. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of those, um, those things that you, you beat your chest. Like it, it's an elitist thing. I think is where I'm going with it. You know, you work here, you're the best. We're going to work your, you know, to the bone. Yep. But how much are you sacrificing by going there, doing that? Could you last for that long? I couldn't. No way. I couldn't. I mean, unless they're paying me an astronomical amount of money. Even then I couldn't. See, because for me, the thing that I find most important in my life over anything are the personal relationships that I have, right? Between family and friends, sure. that to me is number one. And I don't – my at the end of the day, money and – it's, and it's hard to say, right? It's hard to say because – I don't know really what would happen if if I if somebody comes up to me and throws a boatload of money at me mm-hmm. and says, "Hey, I need you to work those hours." I don't know what my reaction would be. But as of sitting here right now as like a impartial third party because it's not happening to me right now, yeah. I can say confidently that it's more my my home is more home life is more important than work life in this scenario. Right? Really, in any scenario, for me as a person, I'm more of a homebody. You know, I want to be home. I want to be with my wife. I want to be with my family. I want to be with my friends. And I want to experience life outside of the office, right? Because we're only here for for a, a limited number of days. Yep. Whatever that is, you know, every nobody's you're ne- you're you're never guaranteed another day than what you have currently. What's in front of you, and it's kind of sad when you think about it because I work so where I work right now. I'm in an old, my department is an older department. I have, you know, one guy, one, one of our older guys just retired over the summer. We have another guy who's going to retire in the summer. And a majority, as of now, the guys in our department are older. I have to say I work, I say guys because I mostly work with men. Male and that's who I'm talking, and that's who I'm talking about. Okay. There are, there are women in, in our department, but they're, again, they're on, they're on the younger side. So I'm excluding them from, from that portion. But the, um. The guys in, in my department are generally on the older side, and I know that they're on their way out. But you look at some of these guys, for instance, and they're pushing, you know, they're in their 60s, pushing 70. You know, the guy that just retired over the summer was was well into his 70s. Get out of here. So you think about that, right? You think about and, – and, and I don't know his, his, um, his circumstances – Maybe he just liked coming to work every day. Sure. For instance, the one guy in our department is working part-time three days a week just until his wife's old enough for, uh, for Medicare. Okay. Once his wife hits Medicare, he's gone, and he's gone in June. But it's one of those things. It's like you just work and work and work and work, and you sometimes you can lose sight as to what's important in your life, and you don't really realize how that impacts other people around you. There are a lot of people, right, you can look at Titan, some of the titans of industry, right? You look at the Fortune 500 companies. You look at the people who are at the top of the top. For them, you kind of look, I mean, 
work is their life. There is no such thing as a work, work life, home life balance because work is their life. I mean, you look at CEOs, right? For instance, I, and again, I'm just kind of spitballing here because I'm not a CEO, obviously. I mean, you can call me the CEO of the Wise Millennials and I'll take it. But, All right. Because I'm always thinking of the podcast and then the show, but... Um, so, so, so that's interesting in and of itself. So, right. So you in some capacity are having the same kinds of thoughts about what we're doing here that owners of businesses, big businesses, what you're referring to yeah, think the same way. So I want, well, and, and I, I won't even say big business. I mean, even small businesses, if you think about it, any type of business, anything that generates money, profit, whatever it may be, right. Well, there it, whenever there's a product and there's a consumer for that product, for us, our product is the show, right? Yeah. Our consumers are the listeners. For an insurance company, the product is the insurance and the consumer is me. I, I need insurance. I need to be insured. So it doesn't matter what it is. There's always going to be the people up top of the company that are always thinking, how can I how can I make more money? How can I be more profitable? So so Right. So... To that end, though, yeah, we all have something that we continue to think about all day, every day. Whether it's being at home and you're thinking about how to make your home life better, yeah, your friends, your relationships will just go real broad there. Yeah, but if somebody came to, so we'll go back to what you said before. If somebody came to me with a boatload of money and said, "You're going to have to work six days a week," I'd take it. I would take it and then figure it out later. And that's where you and I differ, which I think is pretty cool. No, I think it's, uh, yeah, so, yeah, because I, I'm telling you right now, I'm more than likely. And again, I'm saying it right now it, with it not happening. Yep. But I can confidently say right now that I don't think I would take it. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. So, so where, I'm, where I'm going with it is I'm more of the shoot first, ask questions later kind yes. of person. Yes. I'm yeah. going to take the risk, even if I get screwed on the back end, and I'll figure out some sort of way forward, whereas you may take a step back first assess the situation, and then make a decision on how you're going to proceed. And maybe you don't proceed, and that's good for you yeah. in the short and the long term. Everyone everyone has their own different method of doing things. Mm-hmm. But I do think at the end of the day, we all have something that's on our mind that we're trying to improve. I wonder, though, when do you cross, when in your mind do you cross the line? And I don't mean in a negative way, crossing the line like, oh, you did something wrong or bad or... or Whatever the case may be. I mean, when do, when do the thoughts of what you're trying to better take over and you lose sight of other things that you have that are important to you or once were important to you? So in the, in the, in the example of the CEO that you mentioned before, if there's a CEO out there, which I'm sure there is, probably many, if there's a CEO out there that's constantly thinking about his business and how to make it better, whatever that means, whether it's grow it, make his employees happier, pay them more, pay himself more, whatever that metric is yep when did it sort of dissolve i mean i mean when did everything kind of blend together in his mind and work was on his mind 100 percent of the time versus maybe 50 before maybe zero percent before he came up with the idea to start a company look we've talked about this before there's nothing that i would like to do more than to not work for anybody but myself or with you that's it it'd be awesome yeah agreed so in some capacity we've already crossed that line quote unquote We've already crossed the line of life and work mm-hmm. because this takes work. This takes effort, what we're doing right now. It takes planning. It takes conversations before, after, during, yeah, throughout the week. Like This is always something that we talk about. So have we done the same thing that those other people are doing, but we're thinking that they're doing the wrong thing or they're working too much? I don't know. I, I'd say I don't think I so. Wouldn't, I wouldn't say that they're doing the wrong. I wouldn't, I it's wouldn't, not right or wrong. Right. I, I no. wouldn't call it as they're doing the wrong thing. But for me as a person, and I, I do have to interject here in a second because we do have a, a comment from one of our Facebook Live listeners, my buddy Nick Petrosky. Nick, thanks, thanks so Nick. much. Um, we'll get to you in one second. But um, I think it switches – when a person just becomes so invested in what they're doing, because I feel like there are CEOs. No, right, no, no, go right, ahead. right, right. I, I'm but reacting. I think, but go ahead. I think there are CEOs out there, for instance, that when when their job becomes their life, it's what they're really passionate about and what they're really motivated vo- motivated by. 
Okay, I mean, right? it doesn't have to be. It could be. It could be a, an entry level person. That's true. It could be anybody. You're right. I so, mean, so let's not just talk about the CEO because there could be somebody who starts at an entry entry level position, comes in and loves their job, and just decides they're going to put all the time and effort in because that's what they want to do, because that's what they that's what they value more. You know what I mean? So I think it's kind of we're sitting here and we're running these scenarios back and forth, but in reality, it's one of those things where it's just so person to person that, in my opinion. There's no one answer. The answer is based off the individual, right? So, so I think this is. We'll get to Nick in just a second. I don't, I don't want to, yeah, to forget about him. But there was a time. So you've been in the working environment for how long now? Uh, full time. Say about two years. So professionally for about two years. Yeah. That's and, and we're not obviously talking about when you were a kid. If you cut the lawn or like did little no. side jobs. No, no, no. Like, okay, okay. I'm talking in the workforce. I've been in a corp. Well, I mean, I've been working f- in my current position. I've been there a, a year, mm-hmm. but I've been with my company for four. Okay, so I've been employed by my current company for four years. All right, so this is this is, and I don't. I actually really enjoy this. This is turning into like a job shop right now. Like we're talking about jobs and careers and work life, and I'm cool with that. So I want to keep going. Let's keep rolling. So there was a time in my life where I chased the money. Mm-hmm. And somebody told me early on, so I worked at the Y when I, about 10 years ago now, probably a little over 10 years ago. Yeah. And that was a job that I got when I was in college and then I graduated and I continued working there for a little while. But when I was at the Y, somebody that I used to work with said her husband chased money. And this is not, we didn't have this conversation. Somehow she just came out and told me this. Mm-hmm. She goes. It's funny how the how the how the universe works like that. It is, and and I I love that stuff. That it's kind another of circle, topic. It's a topic. It, for yeah, another it circles day. back. So, not prompted, she says, "My husband chased money for years, mm-hmm. and now he's got a an executive job in HR or something in the city, and he makes good money, buku bucks. But he's unhappy. So I didn't listen to her because I was a young, about twenty, twenty-one year old, twenty-two year old kid who knew everything." And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yep. So I left there. That sounds familiar. That doesn't change, right? It hasn't changed. No. So I leave there. And what I did was I I kept on looking for opportunities that had to do with money. And money was my motivator. So if I was going to get paid more, I was going to do more. Yeah. And the more I did, the more money I expected in return. Uh And if I didn't get that, I would move to another job. Negotiate a higher salary. Take on more responsibility. See that, that's, and that's kind of the way. Unfortunately, that's majority of the time. That's kind of the way you have to do it. If you want to move up the pay scale, sometimes you have to jump. You're right. You know you're I mean? right. But you're right. But something fundamentally changed for me a couple of years ago, maybe two ish years ago. At this point, okay. I started thinking to myself, and this is probably going to sound trivial to a lot of people because maybe they're already thinking this way. But I started thinking, if I start doing the right things, mm-hmm. the money will come. If mm-hmm. I start doing things that come from in here mm-hmm. right and not from up here in my head the money will come for those of you listening on the radio from his heart not his head not, you're right, right right thank you thank you yep so that really changed how i approached work on the whole okay whether it's interviewing mm-hmm. so i started taking interviewing more personally not i was offended personally but i'm saying i would start being more open in interviews not asking very mm. very cut and dry questions not sure. answering very cut and dry i was bringing in life stories sure even though they couldn't ask me about my family or outside of work, right? I was giving it to them because I'm talking to a human being at the other end and I wanted to see if we would align yeah, and if it would be the right fit. Mm-hmm. So when I started pursuing things that I was passionate about, better things started coming. Hmm. So what I'm doing right now, I feel like I'm pretty passionate about because I like the tech, I'm in med device, so I like the technology, I like the industry, I like how I'm helping surgeons yeah. help their patients be healthier. Yeah, you hate needles. I hate intravenous needles. I know. I just think it's. I think it's incredible that you you spend your day in can you know you can be in surgery, watching somebody's leg get cut open, mm-hmm. and you're cool. No problem. But a needle, forget it. You I watched turn, the spinal tap the day. I watched you're the spinal insane. tap, and it was and I was glued. I was watching this thing, and it was a huge. I never saw him before. Huge. But needle. what do we? I mean, the four of us. So Ed, Ed and our wives were 
we got together, I think, over the summer, and we were talking about something. I don't remember. I think it was about needles. It was about needles. And it was I was about like, needles. Pale. And Ed was sitting on the couch, and it was like he saw a ghost. He just went completely white, yes. and all the color was gone. And I'm pretty sure I started to see the whites of his eyes because his eyes just started to roll back. And so I had a bad experience as a kid. I had mono when I was real young. Yeah. You know what? Let's get to this in a second. Let's yeah, let's, let's take let's pick up Nick because we're yeah, gonna let's, go on let's these grab Nick's. Go ahead, All right. Go ahead. So um, our first viewer question for episode number thirteen, Facebook Live, is from Nick Petrosky, buddy of mine from college. He writes. He writes. What if you had to work sixty to seventy hours a week for a whole year, but you knew it would help your future family? Would you do it? I've done it already. Yes, I've done it. Yeah, I mean, I think I would do it absolutely. I think you have to think. I mean, for me personally. I know that the decisions that I made up to this point right mm-hmm. now, career-wise, has been for my family. For the family that I've recently created you know, when I got married in April. Everything that I've done and everything I've kind of led up to has been with my family in mind, right? It always has been, though. Oh, I'm sure. calling you out. Okay, I'll, call go, me out. I'll go pie in the sky in a second, but go ahead. Finish your thought. Okay, but if I knew, if I knew that working... 60 to 70 hours a week for an entire year mm-hmm. was going to help. And, and Nick, I love the question. It is kind of broad in the sense of it would help your future family. I mean, I get it. I well, totally understand it. I think it, it's I, – I think if we could pinpoint the question a little further. Like let's say – let's say this. Let me tweak yeah, Nick's question ahead. for a second because this is probably the only way I can really answer it specifically. If I knew that I had to work 60 to 70 hours a week for an entire year and I knew that it would help my future family in the sense of I would be set up financially. I wouldn't have to worry as much. And that's basically what he's asking, I'm assuming. Uh, okay. I don't I'm no, no, again, keep, keep everything's going, subjective. Going. Yeah, that's fine. But I would do it if I knew that it would set me up financially because to be honest with you, a lot of decisions that I have been making it's all about financial stability because of the fact if I don't have financial stability i can't go on a vacation with my family you know what i mean i can't go to disney world like i've been doing for the last four or five years i just went to disneyland too while we were on i know i know our break but maybe we'll get there all right no but but what i i mean again it's one of those things where what's more important to you is no if 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 truthfully if i had to okay so it says to help your future family I am a person who's motivated by my my home life, mm-hmm. by my family, by my friends, and if I had to do that to help my family, then that's what I would do. Okay. It's just it. I think I think I answered it in a really roundabout way. No, and I, I, little, I think you're onto something. So my answer was easy because I've done it before and I do it now. Period. So here's here's yeah. how I look at it. Everything that you do. And I'm not just talking about you, Steven, or you, Nick, or anybody else who's listening to this. Yeah. Whatever you do, you're doing to set up a better future for yourself, wherever you land, whether it's on your own, with a partner, whatever it may be, everything you're doing today is setting you, you up for a more successful future. Does that make any sense whatsoever? Here, here, here's a story I'll tell you. It does, but I disagree. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about it for a second. So when I was, we talked about my photography business for a while on a couple of Mm -hmm. earlier shows Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I was doing that full time while also working at a desk full time. So I was probably working 70, 80 hours a week, seven days a week for months on end. Yeah. And it was really hard on me physically and mentally. But I knew that by doing it, it was going to not financially afford me some better future because it did line my pockets pretty nicely. But what it also taught me were those intangible skills that you don't learn unless you go through the fire, right? So time management, working long, long, long days and hours, Mm -hmm. communication, um, and, and being tenacious, yeah. It taught me all of those things, and I took those lessons mm-hmm. in my next job, and then I built on those things. Yeah. So the things I did then helped me in the future. The things I'm doing now are going to help me in the future, whether you see it or not. So I would, I would wonder where you disagree on that one, because everything you're doing in your life, whether it's on this podcast, yep. at work, in mm-hmm. your car, whatever it is, 
you're enriching your experiences in the world to be a better self, to be a better person for yourself and for the people around you. Prove me wrong. Everything you do, even when you mess up, it helps you change course. Uh, yeah, it definitely helps you grow as a person. So everything you do, 60 or 70 hours a week is probably on the low end. And, and maybe he's talking only professional work, only in a career environment, whatever yeah, it is. I think I, I, I'm, assuming, I'm assuming that's Okay, so even let's, let's stay on that then too. Sure. Yeah, if you're working 60 or 70 hours a week yep. like I've done before, mm-hmm. it sucks. It's a grind. And on top oh, of yeah. that, I was doing those hours when I was working at night. So I wasn't engaged to my wife at the time. We were dating. I was working 5 p.m. to 5 a.m., sometimes 6 a.m., maybe a little bit later. So 12, 14-hour days just on the shift. Yep. Then going home, and then when I get home at 6 or 7 in the morning, she's out the door because she's a teacher. She has a regular schedule. Yeah. Did it help us? Yeah. Hell yeah, it helped us. Yeah. Hard, hard as hell at the time, though. I loved working nights. I loved working nights. I miss it sometimes. But at the same time, it helped us get to... We lived in a really, excuse me, shitty apartment. A really shitty apartment for a couple of years mm-hmm. to save money. Yeah. And we saved a bunch of money because we had a little rent to pay. Mm-hmm. And it was great. So we saved up. We moved out. We bought our house. We love our house. A grind, though. We had no washer dryer. We couldn't control our heat. Uh, things leaked. Like, it was in a not a great area. It, it was a tough four years we were there. Yeah. Four years. So, yeah, 60 or 70 hours on the job is hard. But it's going to help you get better. And even if you leave that job or industry... Mm-hmm. You're going to get somewhere you want to be because you know what you don't want anymore. So I wonder where you disagree. I'm not trying to hard sell you. I no, really no, 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 no. Now, now that you put it that way, I, I, I'm changing my tune a little bit. And I would have to say that I, I definitely agree with you. And I think, it goes back to, I think it goes back to the quote that you brought up um, earlier in the show when you talked about seeing the world a little more broadly. Mm-hmm. I think <clears throat> I think by having that grind if you do take a step back and you look at it right it helps you what you said see where maybe you don't want to be and it definitely helps you to open your eyes to oh wow look what i'm doing right now to better myself it might not be what i want to do but i see i can see what's ahead of me i can see that this 60 to 70 hour a week grind is gonna be behind me it's not in my future but i'm doing it now so that it's not in my future. Or you're doing it now and it will be in your future, but you'll know how to better manage your time because or, after your 70 hours are over. Or it'll be something that you're a lot more passionate about and that 60 to 70 hours isn't necessarily a negative for you. It, where you, right, where right. you put those 60, 70 hours in, you're like, hell yeah, I could put another 10. I could put another five. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, so to Nick's question here and i don't know what he does for a living nick is a music teacher music teacher Mm -hmm. awesome so Mm -hmm. he deals with a lot of things that i wouldn't even know where to start and how to deal with it yeah right yeah i know being a teacher is difficult in general and i'm sure i'm sure i'm assuming right now right the truth this is gonna this sounds gonna sound crazy i'm sure that teaching music is incredibly difficult also because it's not just um you know, let's say math. Numbers is a formula that you do things and you come up with an answer and there's a right answer. Mm-hmm. Music is so subjective. Yeah. I actually saw a really cool, I think it was a TED Talk, about how piano learners from an early age change mm-hmm. as they mature. Mm-hmm. It's not so much that, yeah, musically they learn more, they read music, they're more fluent with their with their hands on the, on the keys, but there's a style that comes on as their brain matures. Mm-hmm. So he'll play a song like a five-year-old will play it and it's like bashing the keys. Yeah. And then as an eight-year-old, then as a twelve-year-old, then as a eighteen-year-old, and there's this—the notes are hung onto a little bit longer. You can feel the music it becomes more now. refined. Yeah. I, I don't—I wouldn't even know where to start and how to teach somebody how to do music. Mm-hmm. But if he's working sixty or seventy hours a week, I don't know if he enjoys it or doesn't enjoy it. But he's certainly learning something about himself that yeah. will serve him better in the future. And I think that there's always opportunities for growth. I and I know I know being. You know, being a musician and coming from that world, I kind of understand. I haven't been a music teacher, you know, per se, right? I've never been a music teacher. It's not, um, 
it, it was something that I was very interested in when I first started college. I, um, I was a music education major. I started taking some of those music ed classes, and I was like, nope, not for me, right? There were points in my my time in school where I did kick myself because then I graduated with a performance degree in music, and then I went on for my master's in education. So I definitely kicked myself because I was like, oh, I could be out. I could have been out in the world sooner teaching and making money and doing these things. Mm -hmm. And again, that's where my thought went. My thought process was I started kicking myself not because I was happy with what I was doing, but I was upset that I wasn't out there making money right away. And I kind of lost my train of thought, but we were talking about... 60, 70 hours a week, growth, Yo, happiness yeah. So Nick is a, Nick is a music teacher, right? He has his, his standard you know, time frame throughout the day, right? Mm-hmm. And as, as all teachers do. But... You also don't think of some of the things that t- the things that teachers have to do outside of school. Go. I was waiting for you to say right, that. like lesson planning and coming up with coming up with activities and all these kinds of sorts. And then on top of that, being a musician, then you have all these gigs that you do on the side to make extra cash. Sure. Whether it's a church job, I know Nick is a, Nick does um, like Nick goes out with a small like Dickens type group where they sometimes dress up in the old timey clothes and they go around and they do and they carol. I mean, it, again, these are all things that sound like fun. But at the end of the day, it, yeah, it's fun for a musician. We enjoy performing. We lo- we love being out there and exposed, you know, being ex- exposed to beautiful music and and just immersing ourselves in those experiences. But it is physically exhausting, especially when you like Nick who teaches young kids music. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. That's a draining day on top of then he also music directs a community choir. So he goes from working with kids, then he leaves work and goes and directs a community choir with like, I would say older people generally, like, you know, you take it as you, as you wish. There are some younger people sprinkled in there, but he has to shift completely. And then on top of that, maybe he has a caroling gig that day or, you know, in between, or he'll have a caroling gig the next day. So it's crazy. It doesn't matter. Even even if you love it, it, it does take a toll on you. Because I, I know being a singer and having a church job, even even Christmas time, Christmas time, Easter, that's huge when it comes to being a church musician. Mm-hmm. I mean, huge. There was a Christmas where, God, I can't, I, oh, I don't even remember how long ago it was, but I'm pretty sure I did maybe 10 masses in a span of, maybe two days, two, three days between Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And, and forget about that. I mean, talk about Easter. Easter's, I mean, Easter's even more insane of a schedule. You have, at least in the Catholic Church, right, you have um, Holy Thursday Mass. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good you have Good Friday. Friday Mass, right? You have the Easter Vigil, which wow. sometimes you have two Masses on Saturday. And then you have, at depending on your church, you could have three Masses on Sunday. So... And it's so physical. So it's just nuts. I mean, you can love what you do, but that doesn't mean even a 60 to 70 hour work week will be enjoyable. You can still love what you do, but it's still going to be physically exhausting no matter what you do. Right. But at the end of the day, the extra cash coming in definitely can it's, help it, set you up and pay your bills and do these things and allow you to do, you know, go on a, go on a nicer vacation or, or you know, pay off your car. Or quit. Or, pay, or quit your job. Um. So, so the question we can. I, I'm now my, the fireworks are going off in my head. If if somebody's working, six, let's call it a hundred hours a week. I know guys who work a hundred hours a week. That's insane. It's insane. Insane. And they make a lot of money. Yeah. A lot of money. Yeah. But they justify it by saying they're providing a hundred percent for their family. Literally everything they could ever want. Mm. I know some guys who work fifty hours a week. Let's say and quit their jobs. Because they're not happy. They're working too much. They're not making enough money. Whatever the case may be. Sure. But to answer, this is a great question. I'm so happy this question was asked now because I'm exploding in my brain. If you're working that many hours a week and you're not happy and you quit to go do something that makes you happy, you're helping your future family. You're helping your future self because you figured out you didn't like it. Yeah. You're not happy. You can live with either less money or more money doing something else that you actually enjoy and you've helped yourself and whatever life you have in the future 
And especially too, not only will you help your future self, but you'll help your present self because it's not just as great as having the money is, right? There's nothing better than having your mental sanity. But being you- able to but being able to come home from work, right? From a job that you hate, that must be absolutely miserable. You're at a place for at least eight, nine, maybe ten hours a day, and you're just miserable the entire I did day. That too, yeah, I right. Did but, that too. but then when you come home, you definitely bring that negativity home. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So it's it's not only is it impacting your future self, but it's impacting your present self. Right. So by quitting that job, for instance, and doing something that you love, whether it's 60, 70 hours, or whether it's less hours for less money, whatever it may be, you're bringing more calm and peace to yourself in the present. As well, not just the future self, but also your present self. But it's it's hard to sometimes see through the weeds and figure yeah, out that believe, a change believe you, you make me. a change. Believe you me. I mean, so, listen, if we could, you and I could sit here and we could do this podcast full time, and this this was our job. I know we would dedicate a majority of our lives to it, doing I mean, everything that we could to make. I mean, listen, we're dedicating a ton of time to it as it is. But I feel like if this was our full time thing, it would be even more. Right, but, so, but seeing no. through the weeds is difficult because we both have a full time job yep. that keeps the lights on, you know, that keeps the water running, that mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. pays for the cars sitting out in the driveway, right. you know that that affords us the opportunities to, like I like I've said before, go on a vacation, experience life, live a little. If we were to take that plunge, right, both of us quit our jobs, both of us do this full time. <laughs> That would be incredible, and I'd be super excited about well, it. However, it's also a ter- it's also terrifying. Well, we need seat cushions if that's going to be the case. Yeah, I know, but these like my chairs starting to hurt, my, hurt, already, hurt right? my ass a little so, bit. Yeah. So, so here's the thing: I've already so I, if I'm by the line, if I'm by that line we talked about before. First of all, if we answered Nick, Nick, if we answered your question, hit us back. If yeah, let us know if we answered no. Nick. He's if still, anybody else thinks yes or no, you, you let us know. So it I think, says it says he's still watching. I hope so. So. The line before that we talked about, where where your mind crosses over yep. thinking about work. I don't honestly ever think I'm not working throughout the day. And it's not just about my professional job, mm-hmm. but it's about bettering myself in some capacity. So today, let's, for example, yep. we did a ton of chores all day. And in between doing chores in the house, I was on the computer doing stuff for us. Mm-hmm. And then I was starting to work on another project, and I'm thinking about something else, and I had to book my trip that I have to go on tomorrow. So all of these things throughout the day on a Saturday, working all day long. And it was great. It's rewarding, but it never ends. If I'm hanging out somewhere, I'm reading articles about stuff that I'm interested in or want to know more about mm-hmm. for no good reason, just mm-hmm. to expand my own mind. Mm-hmm. Know the way broadly, and you'll see it all. Thing. I never stop looking broader and broader and broader. Steph, and this is where I was going with it. I think I, I think I step over that line a lot Okay. of where work consumes me. Steph had to beg me to take a vacation this summer for a week mm-hmm. in August. I don't ever really take time off consecutively out of work. Really? Thanks for the invite, bro. Before, <laughs> before, <laughs> before that, I wonder, I think the last time before this last summer that I actually took a week off was for our honeymoon maybe two years ago, three years ago. And then before that, I have no I don't no think idea. you should be guessing. Two years ago, three years ago? I don't, ago? Stephen, I don't, that's, no, that's no, no, no. I, I don't know. I'm joking about it. I'm like, I can't, I yeah, can't no. not work. Like, I have to work because, like, what if I miss out on an opportunity? Or what if somebody doesn't think I'm working hard enough? That's constantly on my mind. So I sacrifice myself in wow. all capacities to work. That's nuts because I'm constantly thinking about the next vacation coming up. <laughs> because for me, as much as I love working hard, right, there's there's no better feeling whether you love your job or whether you hate your job. There's no better feeling than doing a good job at what you're doing. When you get recognized for what you're doing, when you know you're get, you're putting out quality work, when, when you know you're respected by your colleagues and your peers, that's a really good feeling. But at the end of the day, there's nothing better than whether you love your job or hate your job. There's nothing better than going away on a vacation, in my eyes, going away on a vacation unplugging from the world around you and just living in the moment right experiencing a different part of of life for me the last four or five years it's been i've gone i've gone to disney world in the summer i've unplugged for the most part turned my phone off other than live streaming because everybody wants to see the fireworks show sure you know what i mean other than that i'm off my phone i'm not looking at what's happening around the world i'm not worried about what's happening at work here's a curveball for you though go ahead i hear what you're saying 
And I think a lot of people feel that way because vacations are great when there's a time when there's a an opportunity to get away and unplug. Yep, it's great. But at the same time, you want to know what I wish? I wish that I did something on a regular basis, meaning my professional life, Mm -hmm. that I didn't want to get away from, that afforded me a comfortable lifestyle, not like lavish, but how we live now is pretty modest, I think, Yeah, and enabled me to enjoy the moments that I'm in. So when I go on vacation, it'll be like, you know what, things are great, what I'm doing right now at home, but let's go away for a little while to get away. But at the same time, I'm thinking when I get back, I'm so excited. I can't wait to, you know, dig dig back into what I was doing because it's so fulfilling and so rewarding. And I think that's what a lot of people lack. Me being one of them, you're, you being another one of you're them. You're just you're, but you're the type of person though that you're always looking at what's in what's ahead of you. Not and this is my this is just how I take it. And please, I was gonna say don't take offense to it, but even if you I'm do, never, I'm not, I won't. I'm coming for you, George. I'm, I'm still your best friend. So, I, and you haven't said it to me yet, and I'm still a little upset about it, but that's fine. I'm coming for you, George. Um, but you're the type of person, in, in my opinion, where I, you are always looking ahead, and I think it's great, and it's something that I envy because I'm kind of more of a like in the moment kind of person. I feel like whenever we're doing something, you're always thinking about what's what's next, mm-hmm. right? There's sometimes I think it's, and, and again, this is my thought. Tell me if I'm wrong. Sometimes I feel like it's hard for you to live in the moment because there's so much going on. There's so many things that need to happen. There's so many things that you want to do and there's so much in the near future that you're thinking, how can I tackle it? How can I accomplish it? How can I do it? Mm -hmm. How can I better it? Mm -hmm. Right? So it's one of those things that I don't know how we're going to do it, but but I'm going to get you. This is going to be a task of mine and and this is what I'm going to do. I want you to live for like a week. Maybe we can go on like a a vacation together and I want you to live like me when we're on vacation just unplug not it's gonna be hard just unplug I'm already twitching I know I know I can see it <laughs> Donna no but like um, just literally sit there enjoy the moment sit there and enjoy what's happening around you and like don't get caught up in what do I have to do next what do I have to do when I get home we're like what are we gonna do for dinner you know what I mean? One of those things where it's just, I know, and eating isn't like a big, no, no, no. Uh, it's not an event for you. But I, It's interesting that you say that. Because, and I'd I know love for you. I know. We're, I know we're, we're trying to wrap it up. We're going yeah. to wrap it up. But, but here's, when you say that stuff, I'm twitching because you're not wrong, first of all. That's not why I'm twitching. But I'm always so curious about what's going on around me that maybe you're right. Maybe I'm not technically living in the moment, but from your eyes, it may seem that way. But for me, I couldn't be more excited about what's going on. So when Steph and I went on our honeymoon a couple of years ago, yep. she is like you. She wants she wanted to chill out on the beach all day, every day. I could that dude. And I wanted to that's go the life right and there. We, we were at a hotel that's that, that overlooked the pool. And every day I woke up and I saw everybody in the pool drinking, playing volleyball, having a good time, and Steph's like, you know, let's go to the beach and hang out. And as much fun as that was, it was nice to relax. I couldn't stop thinking about what was going on at the pool. I wanted to get in the mix. I wanted to mingle. I wanted to see what was going on down there. That was exciting. So we Mayor, did it one day. Mayor McCheese. <laughs> no, no, but you see what I'm saying? So no, what's, I get it. So what's, what, what helps you unwind is so far opposite of what helps me unwind. I know. And from your point of view, it's like, Ed, are you really living and enjoying the moment? It's a yes, but in a much different capacity. So Sure. So no, I get it. So how do, we, how do we wrap this up? I have two things that I wrote down about how to wrap this up. There's a thing about intentions and blinkers, which is a crazy analogy, or... The soap analogy on a molecular level. Or do we want to just say, you know what? Check us out next time, everybody. That's fine. Let's do it. Let's wrap it. Dude, we have to. No, we got a minute. Go. Go. Give me something. All right. So, Give me the soap. It's pretty cool, right? So I, I gave this to Steven right before we opened up tonight just because I didn't want I didn't know where he wanted to go with our conversation. Do I ever? No, never. So <laughs> in high school, my chemistry teacher, and it may have been in chemistry. It may have been in physics. I don't. It was probably in chemistry, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. He was giving us a lesson about things on a molecular level. Yep. And the way he explained it, and I'll never, ever forget this. I can't remember his exact words, but here was how he described it, from what I can remember. When you wash a dish with soap and water, Mm -hmm. no matter how much you rinse that dish, there will always be a trace of soap on the dish on a molecular level. Mm Mm-hmm. And I never forgot that because I thought it was a really cool way to explain a concept to his class. 
But as I got older, and I mean like within the last year, it kind of struck a chord with me because I feel like it's the same with people. When you come in, when you encounter people in your life, whether they stay for a long time or it's just for a moment that you have a conversation with somebody, a piece of them stays with you that changes your perception, uh, an opinion that you had, a, something you thought was right, was wrong, whatever it may be, you're stuck with that now forever. Yeah. So back to your point about looking forward versus living in the moment or looking behind you, I think that I try to continue to look to the future because if I hang on to the past, I'll just be, the dark cloud will, will always be over my head. So I have to learn, I look at it this way, I'm learning from the people past and experiences that I've had. Mm-hmm. They've all stuck to me like those molecules of soap on a dish, I'll never get rid of them. Mm-hmm. But I also use that stuff to make tomorrow better Yeah. and keep the, the keep it rolling. But I think too, at the, just, in, just in closing for me, I think it all goes back to what you said earlier about good things will come. Yeah. Right? My, I, I look at life like this. I have to stop worrying about the future. I'm a worrier. That's right? anxiety. I'm, right. That's anxiety. Exactly. And depression is when you think about the past. Donna. And I, Donna. And I, and I worry about the future. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've learned is that if I live in the moment, if I live in this moment right now, and the decisions that I make right now are a good decision, is the right decision for me as a person. I know that my future is going to align the way it's supposed to align. You're opening the can of worms. Go ahead. I know I am. Yep. But for me, it's about living in the moment. I can't plan. I always thought I was a planner. thought I was the type of person who had, had my entire – I had my entire life mapped out. I was going to do this by that age. I was going to do this by that age. Sure. I was going to do this, that, and the other thing. Do that, right? I was going to make a million dollars by the time I turned 20. Wow. Yeah, well, lofty goals. But – um. I've come to the realization now that in my mid-20s that if I do the right things for me, if I do the right things for myself, for my family, for the people that are around me, you know, who, my tight-knit group of friends and family, if I do right by them and I do right by myself, I know, I know that the future, can, it, it's going to be nothing but good things. Who wins? Who wins, though, in that bout in your mind? Yourself or the people around you when everybody. you're making, okay, everybody, okay. I that's how I and then you know what? that's how I choose. Let's crack that nut next yeah, episode we'll next, because next I think that in closing, I think that for the second time, yeah, you know, sorry. <laughs> I really no. This is this is kind of crazy. I think that it's never a fifty-fifty or a one hundred percent. Meaning, are you ever choosing things a hundred percent for yourself? for yourself, 50% for other people, like those right choices, quote unquote, are obviously going to change person to person, situation to situation. But who is getting more of that right decision? Tune in next time to find out. Perfect. And just like that, everybody, episode 13 is under wraps. If you want to hear more about what we've just been talking about, head on back on SoundCloud, iTunes. You can find us here still on Facebook. Any of our Facebook Live videos, all 13 episodes are posted on iTunes. We are marked explicit, so (laughs) keep those young kids' ears away from the speakers. We're so excited to be back on the wavelengths. Wavelengths? Is that right? Sound waves? Whatever. Anyway, I don't know. It's been a while since I've done this. Gosh, give me a sec. Um, If you have any opinions, any comments, anything you want to get out there, you're more than welcome to let us know. Shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. The whole nine. Shoot us an email, thewisemillennials at gmail.com. If you want to hear yourself on the podcast, you can send us an audio clip at thewisemillennials at gmail.com. You can send it to, I think you can DM us as well. Yeah, whatever. whatever you want to do, do it. We'll get you on the show. Um, thank you so much. If you can, head over to iTunes. Uh, give us a, a thumbs up. Give us five stars. Give us some comments and leave a really good review. We'd really appreciate it because... We don't do this show without you guys, so we want to know what you think. So, for Ed, I am Steven, and let the music play out.